Special teams has been an issue that's plagued the Utah Utes in the past, but in 2022, can the team finally have an entire year without any issues in one of the most crucial aspects in the game of football? You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Utah special teams units, how they're going to do in the kicking game, the punting game, and all the return games as well. And wanted to bring on a special guest for today's show in Moose Bingham, a guy who's been a kicker at BYU, Utah, Snow, and one of the most electric personalities in the Utah media scene. Moose, thank you for joining us today. JT, I'm just feeling blessed, and we're going to talk about my favorite subject. I don't care if we're talking about Utah, Wisconsin, Weber State. I love special teams. And Utah is the mecca for specialists. The reason I went to Utah was because of Louis Sakota. We had, like, there's so many big names that have been through Utah recently. Tom Hackett, Mitch Wisnowski, Andy Phillips, Matt Gay. I mean, they're littered in the NFL with top dudes. And Utah is a place that's going to be back on top soon. You mark my words. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're trending in that direction. And, you know, Sharif Sean is a special teams coordinator who guy's been working with the team. He was the co-defensive coordinator in 2016, 2018. He's going into his fourth year as the sole coordinator of the special teams. And there's a lot of things he's got to manage. And we'll talk about some of the big guys they're going to replace. But when it comes to special teams, first and foremost, I think of the kicking game. And when you're looking at the kickers for this team, you look at Jordan Noyes and Jaden Redding when it comes to field goals, kickoffs, PATs as well. And I think it's an interesting, I mean, we all expect Jaden Redding to be the main guy for field goals. He was 10 for 14 on field goals a year ago, five for five on PATs, had the 50-yarder in the Pac-12 championship game. When you're looking at noise, he handled all the kickoff duties. He was perfect on extra points and was the main one that Utah would roll with in those situations. And then he was two for four on field goals. But that was something where noise got a lot of work early on in the year, and then Redding really took over. But it doesn't feel like either of these guys has a super long leash at either of their responsibilities. So who do you think will be the main guy who handles the, the kicks for Utah in terms of field goals, PATs, and then kickoffs as well? And do you think it's a good idea to have them kind of splitting those different responsibilities like they do? Hmm, I actually hate that they split responsibilities. Neither one can really build the confidence because they're always looking over their shoulder. When we look back a couple years ago with um, Chayden Johnson and Matt Gay, this is kind of that same situation to me at least. Jaden Redding coming, at, Redding coming out of Virginia. He was a top, top high school player. Jordan Noyes coming out of nowhere, kind of like Matt Gay. But what needs to happen is one of them needs to establish themselves. You can't be playing this roulette with the kickers. Who's going out? Who's going to be doing it? Because it just messes with both of their minds. You have to pick one and roll with them. And either one of these guys can do a great team. Jaden Redding, I mean, he was first team all pack 12 in 2020. He's got a good leg, not a great leg. He's more of an accuracy kicker. And then Jordan Noyes has a bigger leg than Matt Gay has been reported. I've seen him do some absolutely crazy things and he has a lot of experience outside of football. He has a family. He's got a daughter. He's really focused on football, which is nice, but with him, he has to increase his field goals. And you got to realize last year was really his first year playing football ever. Can he take that next step? I don't know, but the nice thing with Jordan, 
is he can talk to Matt Gay. He can talk to these other guys. What are you doing? What technique are you using? How are you doing it? And that will give him a leg up in the kicking game. I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing kickoffs and field goals when everything's said and done, but Jaden's going to have the first crack at it because he is the first return. He is the returning first team um, all pack 12. So we're going to see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan noise taking over everything after the first couple games. Yeah. And is that something, do you think that for when you're talking about a guy in Jordan as well, that do you think it's going to be a challenge for him knowing that over or excuse me uh, that Jaden like kicking going into kicking every single time knowing it's hanging over his head yeah I think that's a massive challenge for them right there because you always need to focus on what your cues are when you're thinking of who's behind you the game's already lost your cues are quick it's I got to keep my eyes at contact I got to release them after the kick I have to have a great follow-through I have to do these things if you're not focusing on those key potential um, cues, then you've already lost. And Jordan is just biting at Jaden's heels. Yeah, it's a very close race there. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up getting that job. But want to shift off kind of the field goal unit and into the punting aspect of things. Utah's got a punter this year in Jack Baumeister, who Kyle Winningham said he feels like he, it's been a much better than last year. He said he's hitting the ball well. He's got a strong leg. And he said we should be much improved in the punting area. That's a direct quote from Coach Winningham. But what do you think about Jack? Do you feel like punting is going to be a strong point for Utah this year? Punting will be very interesting. Jack, he's a little bit different. He came from what's called the punt factory out of Australia. Utah has been synonymous with pro kick Australia. That's what gave us Tom Hackett, Mitch Wisnowski, and Cameron Peasley. But Cameron Peasley hopped in the transfer portal. He was a little bit different didn't like what was going on. And then Michael Williams came in and did okay. 44.3 yard average. He was fine. Utah really needs to find that big booming leg. And Jack Baumeister could be that guy, but he left Michigan state for a reason. The transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away. If he can do the job, great. If he can't, we'll get someone else in there, but it's his job to lose right now. And we'll see what the punt factory can do for the University of Utah. Yeah, it is going to be an interesting factor as well. And just in general, we're talking about Jack, Jordan, Jaden, all the Jays in the kicking unit for the Utes. Do you feel like this is one of the better groups in the Pac-12? Or do you feel like it's kind of in the middle or the lower tier? I think this is an unproven group, to be honest with you. This group could be the top. It could be the number one. And that's the expectation. When you go into Utah as a specialist, you're expected to be a top, top performer. That's what has been laid, the foundation that's been there. And that's why specialists want to go to Utah. You, Whittingham takes this extremely seriously. At the end of the day, even though Sharif Shaw is the special teams position coach, Whittingham is the coach that you report directly to. And so if you're not doing a great job, you have Coach Witt staring you down and having his calves having a conversation with you. Just bam, those things are huge. My goodness. But Whittingham does a great job. Sharif Shaw, he is one of the best human beings I've ever met. And these guys have set them up for success. If these guys need sports psychologists or anything, they have those resources ready to go for them. And that's what I like about Whittingham is how seriously he takes the special teams. 
Yeah, it is an, an area he puts emphasis on. And we're going to talk about the other position groups that grow in the, with the coverage units that go into special teams in a moment. But Moose, while we're on the kickers and before we leave them, can you just articulate for people just how hard it is? Because it's something I think a lot of people take for granted. They go out there and say, I could make the 20-yard field goal or anything like that, even with the stadium roaring at me. Just how hard is it to make those kicks in pressurized situations? Well, I compare it to golf a lot. It's exactly like golf and getting to that driving box. And everyone that says they're good at it, I've noticed they shank it all the time, even though they should be able to put it 300 yards right on the money. Yeah. But it's like golf, except for someone else is throwing that ball back, someone else is holding it, and you have 1.3 seconds to get your hit off. There's no practice swings, hanging out with the boys, anything. It's a high-pressure situation. And the other thing is you have to hit this ball over 10 and a half feet. Because you have guys jumping right in front of you, 10 and a half feet, easy, from seven and a half yards away. There's a lot of things that go into it. There's also the wind uh, really affects the ball. There's rain. There's so many different things. Kicking a ball is very difficult. It's easy if you're out just on what we call sticks. And that's an easy thing. When you have a live hold, timing is down. It changes the whole trajectory of the entire game. 100%. That's why we do see people miss those pressurized kick in, kicks in those situations. And the guys who can do it effectively get paid lots of money at the next level as well, because it is a skill very few people can master. We're going to talk about how the Utes are going to go about replacing their most important player on special teams a year ago in Britain Covey in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online Debt online net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl getting back underway guys also how about college football that's what we're talking about that's what a lot of the locked on network is talking about right now there are tons of odds lines and games for you guys to cash in week zero is coming up it's right around the corner and then the rest of the college slate and what's going to be an epic week week one you guys like the Utes odds versus the gators as well as their odds to do some of the things like win the pack 12 or maybe even reach the national championship head to bet online today and find what is the continues to be the best online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts the Ultimate College Football Preview is here. Thank you again for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is a seven-episode show with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to, you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Guys, I recorded one for the Pac-12 this past week with Locked On Ducks and Locked On Trojans as well. It was a really fun one, and I, you guys should check that out, as well as if you're curious about the rest of the landscape of college football, learn about the teams that Utah is going to be competing for for one of those college football playoff spots, and you can find that at the Ultimate College Football Preview. So, Moose, one of the biggest things that Utah has to replace this coming year is Britton Covey, the most electric returner in, I would say, Utah history. I mean, you look what he did in the Rose Bowl in Oregon as well. There's a little bit, okay, is there anyone else that jumps out to you? I like Shaky Smithson a lot. Okay. There are a couple, like, Britton definitely is. He solidified himself as the best returner, especially with what he did in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. That was amazing. 100%. And then against Oregon, I was laughing. I was talking to some Oregon fans and Oregon parents. And they were like, as long as we don't punt to Britton Covey, we're going to be okay. And they failed miserably at that. 
going into the half. I mean, my goodness, that was the loudest I've ever heard Rice Eccles in my entire life. But Britain's a fan favorite. He's reliable. And the biggest thing Britain did was he caught the ball. He didn't ever do fair catches, which was always risky, but he always caught the ball. And that's what makes Utah special teams great. Yeah, you talked about the steady handness. You can't turn the ball over. That's something that good teams are really good at. They don't beat themselves. That's something that Utah did a couple times early in the season, but late in the season, they were really good about that. So you mentioned being sure-handed as well. When you look at replacing Britton Cunning, it's going to come down to guys like Devon Vele, Jalen Dixon's in the mix as well, maybe Makai Bernard, or my personal pick for it. I would love to see Clark Phillips do it. I think he would be incredible. Out of those names, which one do you think would be the best? And outside of making sure you don't fumble the ball, obviously, what else are the other aspects you look for in an explosive and effective returner? So really, I of those guys, I really like Clark Phillips. Clark isn't the biggest guy, and Britton Covey was able to use that as his advantage. Uh-huh. I mean, you just never see where the guy is. He's popping in and out. He's going. With returners, I like to call it a one cut and up. So usually you have your snapper coming at you strong and if you can just get your one cut and get up the field give me five ten yards i'm happy as a clan because the farther up the field you are the greater percentage you have of scoring so whatever you can do to get those yards i just want to see somewhere back there that has high football iq if the ball's going to go over your head let it go over your head don't try to force anything britain at times would do that because he knew how explosive he was he knew what he could do but it paid off for him anytime he gambled because he had that high football IQ. It's risky if you catch the ball below the eight yard line and they're trying to pin you. Don't live to see another day, gentlemen. That's what I care about as a Utah fan is I don't need to see a million return yards. I need to see sure-handed catches and I need to see one cut and give me five or 10. Anything above that is gravy. But I think Clark Phillips, if he's been watching Britain, if he's studied like I think he is, I think he's the guy that can actually take it to the next level. And Clark could be a little more athletic than Britain. Don't tell anyone I said that, (laughs) but Clark is an absolute freak and it's fun to watch him. But how long do you have Clark Phillips for one more year? Maybe, you know, that's the scary thing with Clark. Yeah, that's something Coach Sean, we already talked about on special teams corner. He's um, coach. He's already, he's also the corners coach for this Utah team. He talked about Clark's plan coming in was to come here for three years and do as good as he can do, be all Pac-12, do all that, get his degree, and then go on to the next level. So that's something if he does have a big year, could very well do. And another thing, just as, you know, there will be a Utah campaign, I'm sure, this year at some point for Clark for Heisman, if he is Utah's best defensive player, gets those interceptions. One of the things that always makes it fun when you're trying to get that more national attention is returning that. It's something we've seen a lot of corners have success being returners as well. I think of a guy like Patrick Peterson comes to mind. So there are a few of them who've had that success. And I do think it would be fun to see how he would take on that challenge. But either way, Utah should have multiple guys who are capable of doing it. And as you mentioned, maybe Clark won't be as good at it as it as Britain was because his very first year, but he's could he's absolutely just as athletic in my mind in a lot of ways. I mean, you look at his he can leap out the gym. I played basketball with Clark before, and he is a phenomenal athlete in his own right as well, especially with his ability to change direction and coverage. He is phenomenal and one of the things that's big when you are when you talk about coverages and we're going to switch to that kickoff and punt is that ability to be a twitchy athlete got to be able to stay in your lane find and locate the ball at all times and it's something Utah has had some issues with it before 
and I'm kind of curious to you how they go about fixing it. Because to me, just or being consistent for the entire year, because it wasn't something that plagued them late in the year, but they had a couple slow starts, and it's still been an issue at times. Because to me, you got young, talented guys on special teams who are obviously still Division One football players, so you know they're out there and can still play a role. But why do you think, and sometimes Utah has gotten off to some of those slow starts in terms of their kickoff and punt coverages? Even in the season opener last year, they gave up a kickoff return to Weaver. Well. <laughs> Weaver had a very, very good kickoff return specialist in Rashawn Shashid. With him, what you got to understand is Utah did everything they could, and they were trying to get a lot of freshman playing time and stuff like that. But they went back to what they usually do, and they got a lot of starters on special teams again. They're like, we cannot have that happen again. For kickoffs, it comes down to the trajectory of the ball. So if you can get the ball in the air four to 4.2 seconds, that gives your guys enough time to get down and that they can get around shields and walls and stuff like that. If you don't, and if you just drive the ball and it's returnable, there's no telling the madness that can happen there. Same thing with punts. You didn't have consistent punts last year. That's why you brought in a kid like Jack Baumeister from Michigan state, because Michael Williams, even though he's good, he swipes at the ball and he really just drives it downfield. Jack Baumeister, if he can get the ball up, if he can get five seconds of hang time, that's what you're looking for. So the returner has to fair catch. You're looking for the fair catch and you're looking for everything net. Unless he's rolling out, which a lot of these Aussies do, you want him to hold the ball as long as possible while he's rolling out. Because if he can hold the ball longer, that gives your guys more time to get downfield and everything becomes net. We have to get better with our net. That's how you're going to do things better. And that's where you're going to have better success. If your traditional punters can't get you the ball 4.8 to 5 seconds in the air, you're going to have to go Aussie style and you're going to have to get that taken care of. And that's how you can secure the coverage. If your punters don't secure the coverage for you, you're in for a long night. So we talked about the return game. We've talked about the kickers as well. We've talked about you. You've talked about coach Sean and what a phenomenal human being he is as well. Awesome. So overall, when we're talking about Utah's special teams units, how do you feel about them as a whole? So as a whole with Shreve Shaw, with Kyle Whittingham, I think they could be an A, but right now they could end up being a C if you were doing a grade scale. So it all depends on what these kids have put in, in the off season. It depends on how hard they're working at it and how seriously they want to take that next step to not just be a Pac-12 champion, but a possible national champion or getting into a top bowl game and winning it. I'm not satisfied anymore with just the Pac-12 with this Utah squad. I expect them to be in the national discussion and playing teams like Alabama, playing teams like, like big, big teams and winning that's what we need to do from Utah. That's how we can solidify ourselves if the Pac-12 breaks up. That's what we need to do to take those next big steps. And I think Utah can do it. And I think they have the personnel to do it. I think they have the coaches to do it. I think that they can absolutely make a lot of noise on the national scale. And I think if these specialists took their craft seriously in the offseason, they're going to have a phenomenal, phenomenal year. 
I 100% agree. I think, and I agree with what you said as well. I think because of the coaching, you trust it, but there are so many unknowns in terms of how, who is going to end up being the long-term kicker, what you're going to get in the punting game as well. Are you, what are you going to see from the guys who get those opportunities on special teams? Are they going to be mad they're not playing somewhere else? Are they going to make the most of it? So I'll go with the kind of B minus. I'll go slightly higher, but like you said, without just looking at the players, I think the talent, that's a fair grade for it. And then once you factor in that coaching, definitely potential to get up to that A range as well. And I, I love that you talked about this Utah team going to that level, because I think once you do make it to the Rose Bowl and you talk about with, you can hear from the players, they're disappointed they didn't win that. This is a team that feels like they belong in that national discussion. They, the preseason rankings show that a lot of media members and coaches feel they're worthy of that as well. And there are a lot of people in the AP top 25 who even had them as a top five team. So it's going to be interesting to see if this Utah team can live up to those standards. And I definitely think they have the potential to do so. And when we're talking about those standards, Moose, one of the reasons you're at that level is because of the talent you bring in in terms of recruiting. And you're someone who hosts the Utah Preps podcast for recruiting as well. So you really know about the talent in state. Who are a couple of the guys, whether it's in the 2023 class or 2024, 2025 even, that you think this Utah team should really be going hard after in the recruiting game? So in 2023, let's start with them. 2023, you've got Matsukai Halu already committed. One of my favorite players in the entire state. Averages 20 yards a carry, just transferred to Stansbury. There was a little miscommunication there. But he's solid with Utah right now, turning down Baylor, Nebraska, Cal, uh, Oklahoma State, BYU, where his brother is. I mean, that is a big, big get. I don't think Utah realizes how big that get is. I really like everything that's going on with this Utah recruiting class so far with Mac Howard leading the way, the quarterback out of Oxford, Mississippi. I really like the running back and Michael Mitchell. He's a four-star composite running back, six foot, 195, just a bruiser like you're used to. Kainoa Carvillo out of Hawaii. That's a Britain Covey type of player, 5'7", 165. And he was the player of the year out of Hawaii. Super, super fun to watch. The big question mark I have for Utah this year, who are the offensive linemen going to be that we have? Right now, you don't have any O-linemen coming in yet. But you're looking at Logan or Spencer Fano is one, Junior Sia, Caleb Lomu. If you can get those three guys and Harding goes in and gets them, oh, my goodness. Even Ta'ali Ta'alfa or Ta'alfi Ta'ala out of Alta. He's another guy that has a Utah offer that I think is really, really interesting. The other dudes, we've got some defensive linemen. Utah always does great with defensive linemen with Landry out of Texas and Brian out of Mississippi. They're going to turn into perennial powerhouses. They've got one linebacker, you know, Owen Chambliss out of Centennial, California, have a lot of good dudes. I mean, Brandon Fournette out of Texas, Jonathan Hall, CJ Blocker, and Brock Fonomiwana, my goodness, Moose Bingham. But there's great, great players here. It's getting everyone together in the 23 class. And what's interesting about Utah is they don't spend a lot of time in the state of Utah. The big fish that they need to get from the state of Utah, Spencer Fano, um, if they could get Talsili Akana, get a um, NIL deal together for him to compete with these other big schools, that would be huge. Smith, Snowden, and I think Junior Sia. If you can get those four guys to add with Matsukai Halu, woo, you got something good. In the 24 class, 
There's no, there's one commit and that's Kobe Boykin. He's an athlete out of Orange, California. I really like him. Utah's kind of going to be looking for the next Brit and Covey for the next little while, but there's a lot of potential in 24 class. What you're going to see is Utah's going to get kids later. I think for edge, I think if they can get a cash Dylan out of corner Canyon, that would be huge for them. He's got a Vanderbilt, BYU, Arizona, San Diego state, Utah, and Utah state. Those are, that's a kid that I would really, really like to see at Utah. Um, Oh goodness. There's, there's a lot of kids. And I think Davis Andrews would be one of my number one targets for 24, the safety out of American fork. He's really, really intriguing. And they just offered another kid in the 24 class out of um, Bountiful that I really like six foot three. I can't say his name. It's very long, has a lot of vowels, but he is a monster. And 25 it's super early for 25. I don't know who I'd go after in 25 or 26 yet. Um, for kids in the state of Utah, maybe Zion Finau. I mean, Douglas Utu out of Bishop Gorman is a kid that I really like. Um, oh, Eli, Eli out of Tintview. That's a kid that needs to go to Utah. That's your number one recruit for the 2025 class and then 2026 can we even go there yet I, I mean I think it's a little too early but I mean if you got a guy you know <laughs> I mean Bot Louis Tolo is probably the only kid I can think of 6'3 240 2026 he's 6'3 already yeah oh my gosh <laughs> that's one kid I'd think of there's a couple kids in the 26 class I really like the quarterback out of Tent View that I've been watching uh, Helaman Kasuga. I love the receivers in the 26 class with uh, Moa kid, Celesi Moa out of Weber. And there's another one. Um, oh, shoot. I can't think of his name right now. You're really stretching me asking about the 26 class. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. I just want to see if there was anyone early, just because you got, I know you got a group, uh, good, good hole on the talent in the state as everyone who's listening to this just learned. And I think you just highlighted so many guys that are phenomenal. I mean, the biggest ones that jump out to me are the two biggest players, uh, Junior Sia and then Spencer Fano as well. I think those two are both phenomenal tackles, extremely strong, both incredible athletes as well. And especially a guy in Fano, I think once he puts on even a little bit more weight, what he could do at the next level, I think he can be an incredible offensive line prospect as well when you talk about the NFL. Even So I'm excited about what he could bring. Then you talked about Akana too. Talk about an athlete off the edge who also possesses the strength. He's the guy, kind of guy who can play linebacker as well. I think he is phenomenal. So I, I love the number of those guys you brought up there, Moose. And yeah, it sounds like Utah's in a really good place with a lot of the talent in state if they're able to bring it in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think everyone's sleeping on Junior Sia, Kato Lave, that whole Mountain Ridge team. Kato Lave is scary. Monster. And if Utah could come in through a late offer, maybe get him to flip from Cal, that would be a huge, huge win for Utah. He's a kid no one's really talking about, but he gets it done on offense, defense, and special teams. So, I mean, Junior Sia, he's just what dreams are made of right there. <laughs> Utah needs to really dig their heels in, get their old line coach out there. I mean, Harding is a phenomenal recruiter. Yes. And what I like about this Utah staff is they're all phenomenal human beings. Yes. I love Sharif. I love Scally. I mean, all of these guys, you walk into their office and you just feel the family vibe and you're just like, this is amazing. 
even Whittingham, even though he's got that serious look, he's a teddy bear underneath. You really have to look for it, but he is a really, really great person. And that's what I love. I love the culture that's there and I love what's being built there. It is a phenomenal culture for sure. And speaking of phenomenal moves, it was phenomenal having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. What are a couple of things you have going on this fall that people can check out from you? Um, I'm always doing game night live rewind the game of the week. Um, I usually do it with Dane Stewart, but I'm petitioning to get JT on there with me more. Um, the biggest thing that I just did is football recruiting pro just came out. Check it out. www.footballrecruitingpro.com. It's 10 bucks a month. It teaches kids and parents, the recruiting aspects of the game. And it's an online course. Just, you don't want to get into the recruiting game and be like, I wish I would have known that's something you never want to say. So any Utah fans that has a kid that's getting recruited or could be recruited, definitely go get that. Don't spend thousands and thousands of dollars when you can get all the information for basically free. And then always working at War Room. We've got about 60% of the schools in the state right now. And we just released um, other sports. So it's a team management software. So I've got my hands in 50 different things and the Utah Preps podcast. Yes. My goodness. Sorry. I'm sure that's what you were fishing for. I'm like, what do I do? I was, I was fishing for whatever you wanted to pop because I just appreciate you taking the time. And you mentioned there's a lot of different things. The Utah Prep podcast, of course, available on lots of podcast networks, just as the Locked On Pac-12 podcast is. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast where host Spencer McLaughlin and other local hosts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of season previews going on right now and we are less than two weeks away from week one of college football and less than a week away from week zero which is always a lot of fun to get everything going this time of year so thanks again for moose bingham for joining us that's it for today's edition of locked on news but we will see you tomorrow